there's something about a letter as well. It's so intentional. Mm. Like you can't write a letter like sitting on the toilet <laughs> or on the bus. You've spoken like someone who's tried. <laughs> <laughs> Me with my giant quill and ink pad trying to <laughs> balance Trying my to find scroll. a purchase somewhere. To whom it may concern, I'm Jen Fricker. And it's yours truly, Alexi Toliopoulos. This is The Big Film Buffet, a popular culture podcast that will give you your what to watch recommendations. And this week, there is a big movie coming out on Netflix that we just need to talk about. It is called The Last Letter from Your Lover. Dear Mrs. Sterling, when you looked at me, you're here to write marvelous things about my husband, I believe. Is that right? In that moment, something changed. So this new film, The Last Letter from Your Lover, is adapted from a hit novel by Jojo Moyes. It's a best-selling novel that is all in that lovey, romantic genre. And it's getting this big, beautiful film adaptation that's coming out this weekend. It's hotly anticipated. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's very lush Mm -hmm. historical period piece if you're a fan of people kind of lounging the french riviera yes if you like costumes Mm -hmm. if you love people with like funny accents (laughs) (laughs) old-timey accents it's got people steamed absolutely i think there's something about that kind of like escapism that a big romantic film like this that like you're saying lives in luxury those kind of like elegant costumes that really like harkens back to like classic hollywood or like classic english films as well that just feels so luxurious and it's kind of a genre that we don't see every year really something that's like a big beautiful period piece like this that lets you soak into those feelings yeah it's definitely one for people who love atonement it's kind of on the same vibe beautiful lush lots of yearning Mm. lots of like ooh, like misunderstandings things like that yeah for those that love yearning there is a movie finally for you absolutely and i love watching these films because i love pure escapism so i love Mm. watching beautiful people wearing beautiful things in beautiful uh locations Yeah, you're yearning yourself these days, so you need to see it represented on screen. I'm full-time yearn. I'm an (laughs) eternal yearner. But it's also, like, one of those films that talks about, like, a brief fling, like a romantic affair. Yeah. Which I think is such a chic idea in film. Not recommending it in life, but in (laughs) film. (laughs) It really is, like, that chic idea. So, like, the kind of summary of what this movie is about, it's kind of these two parallel stories. One is set in the 1960s where Shailene Woodley plays, like, this aristocratic socialite who's married to uh, a very serious man if you will and she has a brief encounter that leads to like this romance that's built through love letters and then cut to parallel style the 21st century where we've got academy award nominee felicity jones playing a reporter journalist who has uncovered these letters from days of yore and finds this romantic story and wants to write a piece an article an investigation into like what this like 
very romantic love affair was and track down these people to find out if they ever found each other again. Have you ever written a love letter, Alexi? I would say I've written a lot of texts with a lot of red-hearted emojis, but I think that I would have only written a love letter in a very innocent schoolboy way back when I was like, before I came of any age, when I was just a twinkle in my own eye. What? (laughs) When I was like a young little lovesick boy, when I would have been like a preteen. They would have just been writing letters to some boys and girls going like, I think you're beautiful and I'm interested in you in friendship and more. Oh, that's sweet. I think that's really beautiful. What about you? Have you ever written a love letter, Jen Fricker? I love a love letter, yeah, frankly. Yeah, of course. I, I can, love You've love got letter. one of the, Genevieve signed off at the end of a letter. My God, that's just romance incarnate. Yours, G. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bit of that? Yeah, love that. Yeah. I just remember when I was a kid, I had a very big crush on my next door neighbour. Mm. He was like two years older than me. So like in wow. those days, that was huge. You know what I mean? And I remember once for Valentine's Day, I feel like Dolly or like Girlfriend Magazine oh. had these cut out like love letters that you could give to people. You just fill in like their name. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. And so I cut one out and then I ran up the road and I dropped it in his letterbox and I didn't sign it. It was oh, a secret no. love letter. But then... His mom absolutely figured it out and asked me, she's like, oh, were you, were you at our house earlier? And then I was like, nope. Well, tragically, the, your crush was the progeny of the greatest handwriting experts Australia has to offer. I, I mean, know. The jig was up almost immediately. I know, but I love a love letter. I love, I love getting letters. I've got like a bunch of love letters from like an ex that's in one of my books that he gave me. Whoa. You're blushing, dude. My God, I'm feeling the heat from you right now. I just think love letters are nice because it's like if something ends, you still have like these very physical memories of when things were good, which can be good or bad because then it's like you can burn them. Oh, (laughs) another very cinematic element is burning love letters. I'm a very dramatic and extra person. So for (laughs) me, love letters are perfect. There's something about those keepsakes that we keep, those like physical mementos of our own past. I think that's like the clever thing that this film does or like this story does in tapping into those things with like Felicity Jones being this journalist who uncovers these physical mementos and there's something so relatable about that like just finding those things and feeling like that those hot emotions just kind of like come off of them and you just like want to sink deeper there's always curiosity there because i think it's like a fairly relatable common thing to have like you know a shoebox full of mementos from like relationships and like times past right yeah for sure and i think also like there's something about a letter as well it's so intentional Mm. like you can't write a letter like sitting on the toilet (laughs) or on the bus You've spoken like someone who's tried. (laughs) (laughs) Me with my giant quill and ink pad trying to (laughs) balance my Trying to find a purchase somewhere. No, but like as in like a love letter, like when I think about love letters, I think about sitting down somewhere, really taking the time. If you're writing it by hand as well, like trying to like Mm. write really neatly, making sure you don't make any mistakes. Like it is the most intentional thing you can do to show someone like I'm thinking about you and I'm thinking about you to a point where... I'm blocking out everything else. It's the one task I'm doing. 
then maybe spritz it with some perfume. <laughs> oh, that's part of it too, right? I've definitely spritzed some Lynx deodorant onto a letter, a note that I've given somebody. Africa. <laughs> yes, make it smell like... Well, actually, I actually bought the chocolate-scented Lynx because I'm quite a, you know, a sweet, uh, sweetie pie. I'm like, I got to smell like dessert so people can... <laughs> the essence of vanilla, if you will. But yes, there's something very sensual about a letter as well, like the physical aspect of it holding something in your hands yeah it's physical it's emotional yeah so i feel like it's such rich ground for cinema and then to add on the top of that an illicit affair absolutely and i think like what this really taps into is that very cinematic idea of what i call like the brief encounter which is that star-crossed lovers feeling that I think lives in reality, like people like you and I and the listeners here as well, like that fantasy that everyone has where you meet someone, perhaps you're on holiday or you just bump into someone like that meet cute feeling of like bumping into someone, dropping all your things. But then you have that fantasy go like, well, what if, what if I pursued something with this person or that someone just sticks into your brain. They've got that sticky quality where like, Mm. I think about that person where it's like a very fast crush that lightning bolt feeling and it kind of is that fantasy that everyone has where like you have that feeling of going like well what if i pursued this or what if for some reason i can't do it it's like a very rich cinematic ground like the original primordial text for this is one of the great epic filmmakers david lean uh made this film in the 40s called Brief Encounter, very aptly named. It's based on a Noel Coward play. And it's these two people, a woman who's married to a man who is a good man, but she's like not excited by him anymore. And she falls in love with a doctor. And um, it's like that chance encounter that they have. And then they have this emotional bond that develops, this romance that develops. And then you've got stuff like the before trilogy, before sunrise, before sunset, and then before midnight. And In the Mood for Love, the Wong Kar Wai film that I think like really tap into those ideas of these fantasies that people have every day and then translating them cinematically to be all about those feelings like movies like Moonlight as well, where you kind of like get stuck on someone where it could never have really happened. But you've got those feelings that never die. And I think here we've got that so well executed by Shailene Woodley uh, having like those feelings of longing for this man played by Callum Turner that feel everlasting. It's like that escapism love of like Mm. they've met on a holiday where your inhibitions are a little bit more down. So you feel more open to like the world. You're out there exploring. You've got this exploratory adventurous nature about you. And what is more romantic than that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone is their freest self on holiday. That's why I always buy whack clothes when I'm on <laughs> holiday. Because I'm like, yeah, this is who I am now. Um, this is who I'll be forever. And then you get back home and you're like, I don't know why I bought this. Abs- I'm never going to wear this cabana shorts in my everyday life. I'm never going to wear this beaded headpiece. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like that's the seed of the freedom and the idealization you have for yourself on holiday. And then that can grow into idolizing someone you meet on holiday or you meet in a very specific place and then being like, well, this is who we could be forever, which, of course, you can't, which is part of the reason I think that 
films like these get us is that you know on some level it will end either like the holiday part the idealization part or the idea that these people are stepping out of perhaps like their real relationships and it's captured so beautifully as well like that very high end cinematic quality that this movie has of capturing this beautiful holiday that they take in like the most romantic spots of the Mediterranean Mm. where it feels like this gorgeous luxury almost like classic 1960s Alfred Hitchcock films it's interesting to me because this character seems more like a Grace Kelly type Mm. uh, like kind of elegant I think it brings a more human quality having Shailene Woodley play this character who often plays like underdogs or more uh, down to earth characters I think it adds this human quality to her where it makes it more relatable than having like the absolute like Hollywood end of like your actual royalties like Grace Kelly wandering around totally and I think it just like makes it feel more real while still having like all this luxury and beauty and sweeping camera movements and period costumes beautiful cars as well oh my god like Rolls Royces with like little sideboards on them and stuff just really like beautiful like creamy elegance if you will that I think captures and then auditorily as well like in the music does something that I think is really interesting that you don't see in these kind of films because it's usually all about like soaking into the luxury but I think that the director here Augustine Frizzle has made a great choice by like not just having like the sweeping score but to also have like this love and excitement be built by like classic like doo-wop music as well mm. like 19 very modern 1960s music that's in contrast to, like the european landscapes and the european accents that we're hearing but to have like very modern at that time a contemporary american pop music with doo-wop it feels like it's bringing these things into like their modern day and making it feel like exciting in that way instead of just being sweeping Yeah, it's that break from tradition. You can see that contrast in Callum Turner's character. He plays Anthony O'Hare. He's this journalist who shows up to the French Riviera to interview Jennifer Sterling. He's wearing these black suits and they look very Mm. heavy and and he's very pale and pallid. And they're in this very beautiful, glamorous place. And there's something about that contrast between the uptightness, the darkness of this man, and then how glamorous Shailene Woodley is in this place. She's got these big, beautiful hats, these big flowy dresses and things like that. And they're on these boats and things. And and he's still wearing this like very tight. Constrictive clothing. Exactly. Right. And I think in that way, it's that this movie plays on these contrasts a lot. And and that's the same with the doo-wop music. It's like, it's actually kind of dangerous And it's kind of, it's on the verge of something, like something. And we know, obviously, like through being where we are in history and whatever, like what do what means politically and culturally and things like that. And so something is on the cusp of happening. Yeah, it's that playing with those ideas of like escapism and like their freedom from like, I guess like the oppressiveness of this relationship. Like it's not like evil or anything, but it's just like it's, 
constrictive it's boring it's something that she wants to escape from it's shown in like the actual language of the film where when when we're in england it's mainly indoors it's maybe night mainly nighttime and like darkness and feels cloudy and then when they escape to the holiday it's this romantic land of sunshine blue skies the most beautiful crystal blue sea of the mediterranean ocean and the aegean sea if you will why this is your homeland no (laughs) yes the old country for me when I watch this film. (laughs) And then as well, the two parallel stories, almost like this is, uh, in my language, I would say The Godfather Part 2, where we've got a story set in the present day and a story in the past. It's an interesting way to look at a story like this of these star-crossed lovers because I think it almost is like a commentary on why we are fascinated with these stories in the first place to have so much of the onus of the story be put on the Felicity Jones character as this journalist looking back and investigating like this romance and it's from the perspective of someone who perhaps their own romantic life is to quote the Friends theme song D.O.A. And what I think is like really cool about like the dissection of this movie, if you will, uh, between these two temporal spaces is Felicity Jones, who we know from Rogue One, a Star Wars story, being inspired by these love letters that she's reading and slowly forming this kind of cheeky, sweet romance with the archivist uh, who works at the archive, the library, where they're finding all these old love letters played by Naban Rizwan, who is like an absolute scene stealer in 1917. And I think it's he's an exciting actor as well for them to kind of be falling in love with. And I think it makes this like interesting two time spaces love story. Again, like another fantasy of mine is falling in love with someone in a library. Oh, wow. Because everything's in hushed tones. It's all just eyes. It's eye contact. Wow. Jen is desperate for hushed tones and eye contact. (laughs) I love going to the library. I love making eye contact with people in the library. But don't talk to me. I'm reading. It's quite a buzzy cast. You know, Shailene Woodley leading it as Jennifer Sterling. Um, Joe Olwyn as Lawrence Sterling, her husband, who you might know from The Favourite. You might know as being Taylor Swift's lover. The whole album Lover is basically about him. Really? My God. This is what the stuff I should be looking up at the library is. (laughs) This is where I'm truly uninformed. Well, you can't because that's music and the library has to be quiet. True, true, true. I'm so used to seeing these movies from old Hollywood. Watching them now with like contemporary actors that are like around my age or younger makes me feel so old. Seeing like these young modern heads popping out of like gorgeous beige, like holiday wear from days of yore or like beautiful period costumes with like a head that looks like a guy that I know. It's just yeah. like, oh man, that's a that makes me feel old. Like I'm becoming ancient myself. I know. It's like I'm not old enough to be married let alone be like holidaying on the French Riviera and taking a lover like this is crazy I'm so used to like these holidays with people like me on a club med but instead (laughs) it's not Lex if you could choose one or the other do you prefer movies kind of grounded in a gritty reality or movies that are pure fantasy like the last letter from your lover 
I need both. If you watch as many movies as I do, you need to have that balance to keep you in check so you don't lose your mind of like some things that'll throw you right down, like a neo-realist take on reality where everything feels real and authentic. And then stuff like from the last letter from your lover where you're like, I need to escape. I need to be thrown into the world of fantasy and live out like my own dreams that would never happen, such as traveling overseas and having a beautiful holiday yeah but what about yourself do you feel like you gravitate towards one or the other i think it's like depends on like what where i'm at like so for instance like with lockdown happening at the moment i desperately i just want movies that are fantasy i don't need gritty reality right now Mm. but when i was watching this movie i was thinking about how it's kind of the antithesis to marriage story with Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver, which is, like, just so mumblecore, like, hyper-real investigation of a marriage breaking down and, like, where love goes when it ends, like, romantically and things like that and how people change. And it would be really interesting to put them back to back. Wow. That's a double bill, yeah, that'll give you, like, a ricochet of the head going between the two. Also, I think like this film kind of finds that balance in itself by having like these two temporal opposite storylines, these two timelines in the 60s where it feels fantasy and then it kind of crashes to reality as well. But then you've also got the more modern day kind of like every day going through the motion story of like an investigator. It's interesting to find that balance where it allows you to live the fantasy because it's got aspects of everyday contemporary modern day reality. I think that's like a nice balance of strikes. I got to give it up to director Augustine Frizzle. This is their second feature film, but they've kind of become like this hot director to watch. She was also uh, the director of a few episodes of Euphoria, including the first episode, which you know that means they are the tone set up. That's what that means when you get that director directing that first episode. They set the tone, they set the style. And so they've been a director to watch for some time now. And I was reading about this, that she is married to another filmmaker, David Lowry, who directed uh, A Ghost Story, Pete's Dragon remake, and the upcoming The Green Knight, starring Dev Patel. And he's a great filmmaker as well. And I was reading about them, how they met years ago and then they reconnected and they started writing letters to each other as building foundations of their romance was also through letter writing. So I think that's why Augustine Frizzell was like kind of drawn to this book to adapt it to the big screen. And it's interesting to see someone from a modern day who has their romance built on the written word and how they adapted to the big screen. I think there's something interesting in there. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You mentioned that she directed a few episodes of Euphoria because I feel like at the moment that TV show is really held up as like very cutting edge, very modern, very like dictating like what the modern cultural visual aesthetic is. You know what I mean? And then for her to then take that sharp left turn into a full-blown period drama set in England and across like 50, 60 years or whatever, I think is like really cool. It shows that there's so much more to see from her. And this is like quite an exciting effort from Augustine Frizzell. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I anticipate very big things from them in the future. So, 
So once again, the film is The Last Letter from Your Lover. Uh, it is arriving on Netflix this weekend, and we think that you're going to get a real kick out of this film. I'm going to watch it again, and then once I'm back, you'll see me in the library. <laughs> <laughs> Making love to people with my eyes. My lord, she's yearning again. I'm yearning. On, I'm on my yearn era, as the kids <laughs> would say. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Big Film Buffet. If you like what you hear, give us five stars on your podcatcher of choice and give us a little review if you can. This episode was hosted by Alexi Toliopoulos and me, Jen Fricker. Produced by Michael Sun and Anu Hasbold. Edited by Jeffrey O'Connor. And executive produced by Tony Broderick and Melanie Marty. 